welcome to the Daily Podcast Practice Show for Saturday, July 3rd of 2021. This show show isn't really about anything, don't have a, a topic or a theme. It's just me, your host, Rich Grimshaw, talking into a microphone, getting better at expressing myself, saying what's on my mind, reading things that are interesting to me, just because I want to. Uh, I'm not sure what the reason is, although... Uh, no, I'm not sure what the reason is. I'm attracted to it. I want to do it. I want to get better at it. So I'm doing it. So that's it. There, There is no reason. I'm not saving the world. I'm not pushing a product. I'm not uh, advancing a cause. Just talking into a microphone. And maybe, you know, if I th- think I'm getting good at it and I find a topic that's really interesting, I'll run with that. But So I'm just showing up on the microphone every day. This is like the 130th or 131st. Wait a minute. Where's my spreadsheet? I'll tell you how. What uh, what episode is 133rd time that I've done this consecutively in a row, which is what that means. I will tell you, it's a pretty good show as far as I can tell. It's environmentally friendly. It's ethically sourced. It is 100% sustainable. And here's the best part. It's free. That's right. No subscription costs, no postage, no shipping. I'm not asking you to follow me on social media, not shaming you to follow, to support me through Patreon. It's just just the best deal around. So thanks for being here and listening. According to nationaltoday.com, today is lots of things and none of them are really worth talking about. Let me just go down this list. It's national stay out of the Sunday, which is always a good thing to do. National disobedience day, hop a park day, international day of cooperatives, international plastic bag free day, national chocolate wafer day, national compliment your mirror day. Okay. National Eat Beans Daily, no, National Eat Beans Day, and National Fried Clam Day. So there you go. Now you're up to speed on that, and we're not going to dive into any of those. But from another website, onthisday.com, it's a little more interesting. They say that on this day in film and TV, 1928, John Logie Baird demonstrates the first color television transmission in London. Didn't know that. In 1937... Uh, the Del Mar Turf Club opened for racing, and it was, see, Bing Crosby was the president, and actor Pat O'Brien was a club officer. Mm, So I don't know where that was. It was probably in Los Angeles somewhere. 1944, Double Indemnity, Double Indemnity Film Noir, directed by Billy Wilder and starring Fred McMurray and Barbara Stanwyck, is released in Baltimore, Maryland. I think I've seen that. Yeah, Fred McMurray and Barbara Stanwyck. Because the Fred McMurray that I knew was like from Flubber and Son of Flubber. And he was a comedian there, but in uh, in Double Indemnity, he was a bad guy. 1958, The Andy Williams Show premieres on the American Broadcasting Corporation, ABC, later on CBS and NBC. And in 1985, CBS announces a 21% stock buyback to thwart Ted Turner's takeover. I had forgotten that Ted tried to take over them. Hmm, didn't work, did it, Ted? 1985, Back to the Future was released, directed by Robert Zemeckis, Zemeckis and starring Michael J. Fox and Christopher Lloyd. And I went to the theater to see it when it came out in 1985, and I enjoyed it. It was a lot of fun. And a birthday in the film and TV area today, George M. Cohan, born in 1878, American father of musical comedy, uh, born in Providence, Rhode Island, died in 1942. He wrote Give My Regards to Broadway, among a lot of other to- 
tunes, songs, popular songs of the day. Our word of the day from funkinwagnall.com is kind of boring, so I'm not going to go there. <laughs> Instead, I went over to Merriam-Webster, and I'm stealing their word from yesterday because I really like it. In fact, I like it so much, I'm adding it to my list of fun words to say. The word is gourmandize, G-O-R-M-A-N-D-I-Z-E, gourmandize. The definition is to eat greedily, gluttonously, or ravenously, to devour. <laughs> Here's an example. Lady Baleforth watched in horror as Lord Hogwood gourmandized the hors d'oeuvres, polishing off the entire lot before any of the other guests even arrived. Here's another one. That's because, unless you live in the Sistine Chapel, there are very few other things to focus on while staring at the ceiling from the couch after gourmandizing the Thanksgiving feast, wrote, <clears throat> excuse me, wrote John O. Marlowe, the paper of Montgomery County. I guess that's from the paper of Montgomery County. Yeah, an article that appeared there 30th of November in 2017. So there's, there's our word today, gourmandize. Put that in your Twitter feed today, why don't you? Someone, and I have forgotten now who it was, shared something on Facebook yesterday. And forgive me, I can't remember who it was, but I found the quote and I cut it out and I want to read it. It's a quote from Kurt Vonnegut Jr. At least it's attributed to him and as far as I can tell, it's that's true. I don't know that anybody's making this up. And I want to read what it is. And I found the quote on polycaster.com. And it's titled, The Reason to Do Anything, a quote by Kurt Vonnegut. He says, When I was 15, I spent a month working on an archaeological dig. I was talking to one of the archaeologists during our lunch break one day, and he asked those kinds of getting-to-know-you questions. You ask young people, Do you play sports? What's your favorite subject? And I told him, No, I don't play any sports. I do theater. I'm in choir. I play the violin and piano. I used to take art classes. And he went, Wow, that's amazing. And I said, oh, yeah, but I'm not any good at any of them. And then he said something that I'll never forget and which absolutely blew my mind because no one had ever said anything like it to me before. He said, I don't think being good at things is the point of doing them. I think you've got all these wonderful experiences with different skills and that all teaches you things and makes you an interesting person, no matter how well you do them. And you know, that honestly changed my life because I went from a failure, someone who hadn't been talented enough at anything to excel, to someone who did things because I enjoyed them. I'd been raised in such an achievement-oriented environment, so inundated with the myth of talent, that I thought it was only worth doing things if you could win at them. And that's the quote by Kurt Vonnegut, and that, that struck me. Maybe that's the reason I'm doing this podcasting stuff, talking into a microphone. Just another experience in life that will serve me and mankind somewhere down the road. And who knows, if the aliens uh, suddenly appear and they enslave us all, maybe I can serve my overlords by talking into a microphone somewhere. So that's a good quote. I'm, I'm clipping that out and putting that in my book of things to look at. That, that's right up there with the War of Art, right up there with Stephen Pressfield's stuff. So why should I give this any weight, any consideration? I mean, who's Kurt Vonnegut Jr., and, and why should I listen to him? Well, to start with, he's a famous writer. He's 
he's written many books, but my first experience to knowing who he was or even that he was a thing was the movie Slaughterhouse-Five, which came out in 1972 or 73, but it was based on his 1969 novel. So I was familiar with it because I saw the movie. I hadn't read the book, and guess what? I now have the book. I went to to uh, the Amazon store and bought the Kindle version, and I'm reading it. In this book, the main character, Billy Pilgrim, is a man who becomes unstuck in time after he he's abducted by aliens. See, you can't get away from this stuff. <clears throat> aliens from the planet Tralfamador. Uh, and we watch him go through all phases of his life in, in a different order. And it's all kind of based upon this experience he had as an American prisoner of war and witnessed the firebombing of Dresden, which is uh, was a horrible thing. Um, I was 18 years old when I saw it in the theaters, and I remember it, it affected me. It, it did. Uh, but then I was impressionable at 18 years old. I was surprised to learn that even though it was a critically acclaimed movie, it didn't do well at the box office. Uh, I'm hopeful that over its life, it's done very well. Maybe by the time it got onto uh, a VHS tape, maybe there's still VHS tapes out there that are people are hoarding. <laughs> and I did check. I can I can go to Amazon and a bunch of streaming services and and stream it, rent it for three or four bucks. Maybe I'll do that. Although I, I watched the trailer again, and uh, boy, it's just <clears throat> there's some tough moments in there, and I'm I'm just not sure I want to go there. So my point is, if Kurt Vonnegut can write a book like Slaughterhouse-Five, then maybe he's worth listening to. And maybe that's why I, uh, I give that quote of his some gravitas. I'm still looking for relevant information on the fascination that young people have with Polaroid cameras, and I'm not having any luck. So I think I'm going to ask some of the people in my life who might have kids who I've heard are attracted to this photography stuff and might ask them what they think the, the deal is. And uh, maybe I'll get something, maybe I won't. But that's my next plan for that. And that's it for today. We're going to wrap it up. We're going to stick a fork in it because we're done. I'm Rich Grimshaw, and you are invited to join me again tomorrow. Thanks for listening. <laughs>